It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark here with Rob and Ryan. Rob, the uh, permanent fixture now, mate. And um, jumping straight into the torture, you are a silly, silly boy and... Uh, traded the only player on the Thursday night that was relevant to uh, Reuben Cotter, who got ruled out injured, mate. How do you feel? It's, it's so upsetting because, like, Ryan fizzed me up all week. You know, he did the, the, the TikTok about Reuben <laughs> Cotter. I was so excited. I've never owned him before. Um, and then I, I actually had um, Jackson Hastings to Reuben Cotter for the longest time. And I was like, I may as well just get Reuben Cotter. He's not going to get hurt. Um, alas, I'm so sorry, Ruby yeah. Cotter. It's it's all my fault. Yeah, oh mate, I wouldn't go so far as to blame you, but I'm definitely not ruling out that it's your fault. I feel like it was yeah, my fault partially. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we did a pretty good job of pumping him up, so I mean, it was inevitable that something was going to happen. But well, and uh, Ryan, mate, you you had an absolute fizzer this week, though. You um, you know, you managed to jump me in the the talking league. Uh, yeah. Kings pod. So you and Rob both you both cleared the thousand, but you ended up with one thousand fifty four this week, which is obviously you know great and bad for poor Benji, who um, <clears throat> was getting a bit of stick in the the comments section of the Talking League podcast questions thing. When um, yeah, he was he was getting a bit mad in the group chat about having the second highest score for the week and losing in our head to head league. So <laughs> well, hey, how, how do you feel in the screws to Benji? Oh, mate, it, it feels good to get the W. I mean, it's pretty rough. You you just run into a bloke that has the uh, 22nd best score of the week. Um, yeah, and, and you've got and, the 54th best score of the week or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and it very well could have been, um, you know, gone down to the wire because he had Nat Butcher, who unfortunately uh, for him got ruled mm. out after about 15 minutes. So, I mean, there's every chance that game could have yeah, really gone down to the wire in the end, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's a little upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he he seemed upset. I'm not sure. There were some signals that he might have been upset in the group chat afterwards on the Sunday, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So, um, yeah, we got to because obviously our head to head league's pretty tough. We got the top, it, the six sixth place to eleventh place are tied on points. So, well, so we got we got you know good friends of the show, uh, Chappie and and Mr. Glover who are. A, in that list of players. Um, but uh, we, there can only be three of us between the, that four and, and Slick Mick who's sitting up the top there. So, although I do feel a bit hard done by that, Dare, Chappie's got a negative 56 and you've got a negative 86 points differential, but you're both in front of me on the ladder, which is a bit annoying. But, well, uh, uh, I think just, I just think that speaks to the, the draw. Like, I've got the second highest points against in the entire league, mate, and I'm, I'm still above you. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and buddy, Glover's had the easy run. He's had 130 points less than me and 400 and something points less than what you have had against. Okay, well. So, yeah. In the interest of the, of the listeners, do you mind explaining the, the HL podcast, and the, the Fantasy League and how that started? Oh, mate, well, I don't know. I don't actually know how it started. All I, all I know is I got invited to it. It's our big money cash head to head league. And um, 
So our good friend Clinton, who is our uh, who's going to pay for the next two years for me when the Cowboys beat the Dragons on the ladder this year, um, he uh, it was a, the bet was originally one year, and then he was real drunk and I was razzing him about the Dragons and he went double or nothing on it, which was he he woke up in the morning and typed in the chat. I both didn't do anything stupid this week, like last night or something, which he obviously did. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's just our just our really competitive head-to-head league. So just for an example, like the guy who's currently sitting in 12th is or 11th is yeah. Oh, it's kind of a bit weird. It, it's or like so I'm in I'm in 10th and I'm 1377 overall. So yeah, yeah it's pretty pretty rough. Um, but yeah, then there's some there's some there's some uh, filler teams down the bottom. Um, as there is every year, but um, yeah, no, the top the top ten spots is pretty congested. So, I mean, Clinton's currently winning the league; he's in 134 overall. Um, so, yeah, no, it's definitely tough, and there's usually always some uh, some random spike weeks from the bad teams as well. So, you, sometimes you run into a buzzsaw you're not expecting. But uh, yeah, that's probably a bit 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 long on the. The hurt, hurt Locker, but shout out to the boys. They're always asking for shout outs, so good to good to give snap them one in there. So, um, boys, while we while we're kicking on there, um, so obviously uh, no games this week aside from well for fantasy, there's no games, but we've got the rep round coming up in State of Origin two, where Queensland are gonna um, make the next step in their whitewash and, and lock up the series here before we just put the sword to them in in Brisbane. Uh, but um, we put the call out for some some chat. Uh, doesn't necessarily need to be fantasy related for some some stuff to cover on the pod this week. So we've got some footy related stuff, some fantasy related stuff, and some other stuff that has nothing to do with footy or fantasy, but it has to do with the amateurs. And then one random question, which I'm going to include because I thought it was funny, and I actually have a good anecdote. So, boys, can I put this out to you right now, just so we get it out of the way? Um, why is it? Do you think that men have nipples? <laughs> Straight into it. What podcast yeah, I'm just, is this? Well, that mate, that it, it was the only non-football or fantasy-related question, and I, I, I don't know the answer. Do either of you guys know the answer to this question? Um, Google does. So all I, all I know is, so my male cat also has nipples, which Tiffany told me because I didn't believe her. Um, Tiffany's my partner, and um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was um. Yeah, I was sort of saying. So I was talking about like we're talking. I think we're talking about this exact same topic. She's like, all male animals have nipples, and I was like, what? I was like, the cat doesn't have a nipple, and yes, she does. And t- still to this day, I haven't actually seen my cat's nipples, but she's convinced me that he has them. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I've got the answer for you. It's because okay. um, all fetuses in their early stages are female, and then they only differentiate into males after a few weeks. Right, and you've already got nipples in the womb. Apparently. This is right. what Google says, Dr. Google. Yeah. Okay. So, and I mean, you know, we're, we're going down a dangerous road here, but maybe they could do some sort of thing where they define at what point a fetus becomes a baby by when it develops nipples. <laughs> Science. Seems like a pretty clear, like, once you've got nipples, that's it. You know, no more. Cross. <laughs> I'm just we're in I'm dangerous just territory. Here, mate. I'm just we're trying dangerous. to I'm just trying to solve the world's issues, mate. One step at a time. And I mean, one obviously, nipple at a time. yeah, one nipple at a time. And I mean, um, while we're while we're in the dangerous topics, and I'll, I'll circle back to this, Rob, you flagged it in the group chat earlier today. 
Uh, old Andrew Voss circling around the uh, dangerous topics as well, just being an absolute flog on Twitter. And, um, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, I don't understand why people who already don't uh, – deserve to be listened to because most of what comes out of the mouth is garbage decide to start talking about other stuff that they really shouldn't be talking about either. Like it's bad enough. We have to listen I mean, to him talk about rugby league when it's dribble for the most part. There are plenty of people that would say that about us. Well, you know, well, it's, everybody that's listening to this podcast doesn't feel that way because they sign up to two hours of us talking shit every week. So obviously they like it. We should um, put like some questions at the end, for, you know, for, to, to test the people that actually listen all the way through. I'm sure I said something about that last week about like I was going to test and see if anyone was listening all the way to the end and I added something into it, but I actually can't even remember what it was that I added. So I have no way of checking and I'm sure as hell not going to go back and listen to it again to find out. So yeah, absolutely, we so- we'll soldier on anyway, boys. Um, and I reckon what we'll do is I'm just going to cover a little bit of this and Ryan, you can throw your two cents in here. Um, so I got one question here from Cody, who's actually one of the long-time listeners he um he started off listening to us, I think, in earnest last season, and we basically basically steered him through uh, how to you know construct a team and all that sort of stuff in the back half of last year. And he's come come in this year actually absolutely frothing and and he's performing really well his team this year. But mate, he had some questions about the formation of the amateurs. How did we meet, um, and why did we start the amateurs? So, um. I, I think so. Ryan and I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. We, so we met through a mutual friend, good friend, the show, Tyson Jonas, um, and a couple of other people. Um, we're flagging Tyson here to give him a sneaky plug for his uh, business, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's been on so, a few times. What's his business called? For- yeah, so. So Tyson has a, a business called Jonas Wealth Management. So he does uh, financial planning for people. So if you're uh, if you're keen to get some financial advice, you can hit him up. But anyway, say so Ryan and you and Ty- you and Tyson went to school together, didn't you? Yep, yep. No, went to yep. high school together. I think we met when we were about fifteen. Yep. In Townsville. Yeah. Kerwin yeah. yep. Kerwin High, mate. Jason Jason Tumalolo's high school. <laughs> Home of the Kerwin Jason Tumalolos. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was sure he was a yeah. Kiwi. No, mate. Well, it's Queensland, Townsville, and New Zealand are the same thing, anyway. So yeah, Brandon Smith really went to uh, Kerwin High as well. Yeah, and Felty, mate. Don't forget Origin yeah. Hero, almost Origin Cole Felt. Yeah, um, yeah. So I and then I worked at Benny's Hot Walk Cafe with Tyson, who he was a bartender, and I was a waiter there, and we made friends, and we used to have lots of uh, outrageous house parties, and Ryan was always the uh, the quiet one of the group. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've, we've slowly been dragging him out of his shell over the last 10 years. And, um, yeah, we sort of, obviously Ryan and I spent a fair bit of time chatting about fantasy. Um, I got Ryan into another Facebook group, which we'll just, you know, we'll leave the names out of it. Um, and, and basically I was sort of contributing to that for a couple of years. Um, and then we had a, um, a falling out with the, the person that ran that Facebook group and decided we wanted to start our own um, and make it a, a community. So we uh, we started the amateurs uh, is, is basically the the nice way of describing the formation of it. Uh, <laughs> at the time, it was a little bit more aggressive than that. <laughs> it was a little bit like the violent expansion of the universe. 
Um, but, um, yeah, I always liked making content and writing and doing stuff. And Ryan, I know you said you wanted to do a bit more, you know, content creation and that sort of stuff. Yeah, basically along those lines. And, um, yeah, I mean, and I think we were sort of the fantasy community was sort of begging for some type of, um, I think community like this as well. Like a lot of people like, like myself, like I don't want to bag other groups, but there's some really big groups out there that a lot of people are in obviously, but a lot of the advice is trolling or delete the app or stuff like that. And like, there wasn't really too many places to go for, um, you know, pro- proper, I guess, debate, uh, I guess yeah. is, is the word. And yeah. So I was really looking to, for something like that. And I think the community sort of needed it and yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the big thing is is what we wanted to do was make it something that people could take ownership. And I actually do want to sort of take this time to flag um, if anybody else is interested, like if you're keen to like do writing or like post articles or do analysis on players and stuff like that, like please do it. And just don't ask permission. Don't bother messaging me. Like just literally just write up what you want to write about a certain player, like put some thought into it, do some research and just post it up in the group. And and open it up for discussion because what it does is it, it does create a good community feel and and I mean obviously there's you know the odd negative comments but for the most part it's usually pretty good feedback and that's the best way to get started with doing something like this and it is like it is a lot of fun you know doing that and you all do it yourselves personally anyway so you may as well you know write it and and you know get your you know you know get a bit of enjoyment and involvement in the community but um, the I guess the last bit is the amateur's name itself. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a pretty of a funny story. So actually a good friend of the show, Matt Parker, who um, is in the Hurt Locker as well, uh, he uh, got us all into his uh, league when we first all started playing fantasy. And um, uh, the short version of it is is he got frustrated with how bad we were and, you know, ended up leaving the, the group chat in a, in a rage calling us all amateurs. Um, before he left and we, uh, so we, yeah, we renamed our Facebook, we re- renamed our league with all of our mates every year. We renamed that the fantasy amateurs <laughs> and, uh, in honor of Matt Parker's, uh, famous outburst of 2016. And, uh, yeah, it, it, and so the, uh, the Phoenix was born from the ashes of, of, of being screamed at for being shit, which, you know, in fairness <laughs> at the time we were. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah. I remember I started with like Nate Miles and Sam Thiday my first ever um, year. I think I, I bought like Young to an appear. Yeah, yeah. Times. oh mate, I had um, I, yeah, I had Billy Slater, and then he did his shoulder in round one, and I traded him to Dale Copley, and and my fantasy trades haven't gotten any better since then. So <laughs> that's all time. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty close, pretty close to the worst performance of my life. There, I think that was the year Jackson Hastings was really good when he was a cash cow when Mitch Pierce was out yeah, after his him uh, and, dog him incident. And- him and Cody Walker, I think were and both. Jayden that was, Zemo. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was like their years. And I remember, like, um, that was like when Mitch Pierce was out. Jake Friend was like going nuclear. Oh was, man, yeah, yeah. Well, he was like doing all the kicking and making like sixty tackles still. And he was, yeah, like, he was averaging. It was like him and 70. Cam Smith? Yeah. yeah, good times. Good time. Good time to be alive. And Corey Parker and Simon Mannering. It was a good old days. Anyway, um, that's probably enough on that. Um, uh, kicking along, I, know, I reckon we do the, the the games that are on this week related stuff now. So, so Ryan, you mate, you started throwing some chat in the uh, the the pot in the the fantasy group Facebook 
chat right before we started about players in uh, uncon- let's call it unconventional positions this weekend. So, mate, what uh, I actually haven't had a good chance to look at the teams, but I've seen the squads. Is there, a, um, you know, what, what are your highlights? Well, yeah, because I, I literally only just pulled them up before we started recording. So we don't have um, teams for New Zealand or Tonga yet. We've only got the squads. But the rest of uh, the games, we've got teams, and there's some interesting stuff going on. Like Fiji, um, as you expect, they've basically got an entire 1 to 13 of outside backs. Um, this is why they're mm. so good at rugby sevens, because they can only produce outside backs, basically. Um, so we've got Kevin Naguama playing six. And we've got Tane Milne at lock. That's uh, two, two of the more interesting there. ones. Mate, that's a ball playing lock. That's a good move. I like it. I like, yeah, I know. I love it. It's fun. And uh, yeah. another one that's fun, uh, for the Cook Islands, we've got Essan Masters playing six. I don't think he'll throw a pass all night. Did Anthony Galling make the Cook Islands 17? Uh, yes, he's playing centre. Do you know he's a real estate agent in Auckland now? <laughs> Really? He's not even so, playing he's, footy. He's, he's New Zealand facts with Rob. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I'll have a go. I'll have a go at the Kiwis team later. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, honestly, like this Anthony Gelling fellow selling real estate probably couldn't go worse than uh, most of the Warriors centres at the moment. So. Oh, my oh, gosh. gosh. I, I, almost miss, I almost miss like when we were just like joke bad rather than like we're just depressingly bad at the moment. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, now you know how the Titans when, fans feel. <laughs> When Anthony Galling was lining up in the centres, you could you could have a laugh. But, uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Samoa. Samoa's team's actually pretty good. They're absolutely going to crush Cook Islands. That's going to be is. very can – we, can we bet on this? This is a bit – this is going to be a big scoreline. That's a good question. I'm going to pull up the punk club and have a look. Let's have a look, mate. Going. That's this, this is just rough. Matthew Fainé has actually been really good, and Vo- Vo- Ronald Volkman, they're not even going to make the 17. This oh, is a good geez. team for Samoa. This is one of the best lineups, I think. Um, I mean, you've got like Taylor May and Isaac Targo in the outside backs there. Jeez. Yeah, I like that. It, I'd like to. I'd like to have a nice little like a minus. I'd take minus oh, wow. like thirty four or something like that on on this. Thirty two and a half is your line. Oh yeah, I, we could get that. We get be that get that bigger for sure. Yeah. Anthony no, Gelling, eh? Is all I have to say. Maybe about like that. 40, 40 something. <laughs> Yeah, oh. what I, this is this is the really good question. I really want to know the answer to this question, guys. Why is it that Pacific Islands teams, inclusive New Zealand, cannot produce halves? Dylan Brown, and, uh, Rob, Jerome Hughes. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay away from this. I'm gonna stay away from it because I think it can end up in a bad place. But Rob, what? Why is it? Okay, so you've produced two halves and Sean Johnson. I'm not. Inc- I'm not including Sean Johnson, but no. Yeah. But he he's played in the those last two are genuinely good good halves, though. I think. All right, right so two two players, but neither of them go... are like halfbacks. They're both five eights for some. Like, why why can you not produce a halfback? What's the problem? Do you guys yeah, not I practice like... kicking over there? You just practice running at pads all day, or what's the go? I feel like that Tonga team, if it had like the semblance of a spine, would be such a good team. Like their forwards and doesn't. outside backs are so incredible. You're right. You're right. What's they rely go? on like a Sevilla Havili, you know, playing nine, which is <laughs> so grim. Yeah. Um, it's just no, I don't know. I don't know the answer involved. to it. All right, mate. I want you to do, get on the phone tomorrow to someone and put a call in and tell them to develop the halves. I reckon you can we, do it. 
We have Brandon Smith at nine. As he's well. not a he's, half, mate. He's a no. Like, I know, but he's not I'm even a particularly good lock this year either. Generally, in the spine, like just yeah, New Zealand has like no depth at all, but we have like semi adequate halves and and nine and fullback. But mm. yeah, now the Pacific but, Islands but, really talent's, fall away. Talent's not right. the talent's not the issue. I just it's like no one no they don't bother to develop players with a kicking game. What was that? Oh, we just lost. We just lost Ryan. He's dropped out. I'm <laughs> back. Just hates halfbacks. Eh? Just hates specific halfbacks. He's got so mad. He's getting mad about me teasing his New Zealand heritage, mate. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Ryan. Can you hear oh, me? I can. Yeah. Do you actually have New Zealand heritage, Ryan, or is it just that your mum lives in New Zealand? No, my mum, uh, like all my family on my mum's side, are from Christchurch. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, I'm not sure if we've lost this recording. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause it. I'm going to test and see if we've lost it. And if we haven't lost it, I'm just going to – we'll start a new one and I'll join it together and leave all of this talking in. So it seems as though we didn't lose it, uh, but maybe it was the computer telling us it didn't want us to speak any more about the international games. And, and let's face it, you guys are all here for the uh, origin and fantasy chat. So, boys, we've got a couple of origin-related questions. Um, so, uh, New South Wales changed their team. Uh, obviously a couple of force changes with, uh, Jack Whiten out with COVID, I think is correct. Um, so Matt Burton comes in, Tony Staggs out, Crichton in, um, they've brought the man with no tackle bus, Jake Trebojevic back. Um, and Talakai comes onto the bench and Damien Cook has been benched. Overall, do we think this team is better or worse than the team in game one? And is there any chance they can beat the Queensland juggernaut? I think it's worse. Um, I would have, I would have probably put Burton and do we lose Ryan again? I'm here. Just keep going. Keep charging. Keep charging. Don't listen to the computer. It's mine. (sighs) Sound of death. I think I would have put Burton and Crichton in my original 17. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't understand Jake Trebojevic, um at all. And I probably would have put Fox in, I think, as well. I think it's not far away from being a, a good team, but I think it is worse. I think it needs a – I would have put Clemmer in as well, probably, over yeah. Jake Trebojevic. Clemmer or RCG. I think either of them are fine, but – Jake Trebojevic just does not move the needle for Queensland, uh, for New South. Mm. I just don't really understand why Cameron Murray is playing on the edge when he's obviously a really good middle forward and they're playing Angus Crichton off the bench when he's obviously a really good edge forward. Yeah. Uh, he's just overplaying his hand again, isn't he, I think? Yep. Big brain for You can't just load a team full of locks and expect some of them to be props and like p- put the hard carries, like you know? But just yeah, pick some actual props. Just you know, you can't just have Paulo and Haas as your only props. Yeah, well, I mean, like it, de- it depends what sort of structure you take. Um, but I mean, even on the, the the rest of the team, the only bench they've really got there is is Jordan McLean and the forwards, and they stacked Gutherson in there and Bradley who hasn't played since round ten. And I mean, while we're while we're on on the props, Jordan McLean, we did get a request to go through the top ten forwards who should have been named in the squad that aren't Jordan McLean. Clemmer, Victor Radley's not on that list. Victor Radley's so, not on that list. Ryan, give me give me three guys who are eligible for New South Wales that should have been in the forward pack 
uh, eligible, like in the squad, that are better than Jordan McLean? Um, well, have we established here which state Maxwell King is eligible for? Or? Mate, he's Queensland. He's absolutely from Queensland. Huddersfield is in Queensland. That's just north of Cairns, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. It's, well, mate, it's north of Cairns, hundred percent. It's it's absolutely so. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Queensland um, just keeps going north. <laughs> it just keeps going north. <laughs> All right. How, how about I give you a list, and you guys tell me if you think that they deserve to be there more than I'd have Jordan Robson as a, as a prop over Jordan McLean. What about what about Tavita Pangai Junior? Oh, no. I don't think so. Hey. No, I wouldn't. I just think he's too much of a liability. Josh Jackson? Uh, he's basically another Gerbo, isn't he? Well, yeah. He's better I, than he's, Gerbo, I've definitely seen but... him bust, bust a tackle this year. I've 100% seen that for sure. That's true. That is true. Could you play Homole Olakowatu as a middle forward? I mean, if you're playing Talakai as a middle forward, you absolutely can play Olakowatu there. Is, do you think Talakai is there as a, as a forward, as an no. edge slash no? No, he's a, what? No. He's another centre cover, like Crichton. I I think he's going to come on on the edge and push Murray to the middle, and Cook's going to play as a ball playing lock middle forward. So is is Angus going to play in the middle then? Yeah, Angus is um, centre cover as well. I think. Oh mate, it's it's honestly it's 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 the it's one of the worst constructed teams I've ever seen in my life. You're you're right though. Just team composition wise, it's just it's so horrific. Liam Martin could even start on the edge and then move into the middle as well. But it's just, it's mate, it's honestly, if I was thinking up a team of exactly what I would want Brad Fittler to put on the park, that is pretty close to what I would have asked for. Because you would have had Suwali as well, right? Like that's that's gold for Queensland. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, even like a guy like Jack DeBellin, he's been, as much as I don't like the bloke, he's been playing really good this year. Like you pl- plug him in there, he'd do a job in the middle. You know, like, well, I don't understand why you're picking. Yeah, I just don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm fine with it. Like, like it's it's fine, but, like, they've got so many players to choose from. I don't understand how they end up with that group of players. That's that's where, where I'm confused. So, anyway. um, Yeah, all right. I reckon we move on to the fantasy stuff, boys. It's a good half an hour of dribble now, and people are going to be, you know, just hitting the the skip button like it's going out of fashion trying to get to the fantasy stuff. So, Ryan, mm-hmm. mate, so what we've got is we've got uh, a, a fairly hefty, thick-related question with lots of uh, different aspects to it. Um, so there's a head-to-head and an overall-based one. So, R- Ryan, what I want to do is I want to allocate you to be the head-to-head answer person and Rob you can be the overall answer person. Okay. So, Rob, first off, as an overall player, how do you attack round 17? If I were an overall player? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think we've spoken about this before, how hard 17 really is in terms of dead set keepers. Um, I think you want... Probably eight to ten players for seventeen. Mm. If you're overall focused, I just—it's really hard. I've kind of thought about this. Even if I was playing for overall, who you'd actually want and who you'd target, because apart from the eels, like your Papali, your Reed Marnie kind of types, there's not that many out and out keepers. 
in, in round 17. So with trades at a premium, how many guys do you actually want? And, and well, what guys gonna, are you bringing I'm gonna, in? I'm going to put it in a real gonna... life situation for you. So I just had a, a long phone call with my younger brother, Peter, uh, on the way home from work today. Well, it was Bluetooth in the car. I wasn't doing anything illegal, guys. Don't worry. And so Peter is currently sitting in about 180th overall, um, and he has 10 trades remaining. Um, so he's wanting to actively attack that by round. Um, uh, but he's also got guys like Ruben Cotter in his team, and he's talking about doing something like trading Ruben Cotter to – Madison or Papali'i or whatever, is that a sort of trade that you'd be looking to execute or do you think as a even as an overall player that sort of move is too sideways or, you know, not worth the trade that you're pulling for one one score? I don't think I'd be getting Papali'i this week, um, even for overall, really, because although he's back on the edge, which is really nice, um, he's still got cash to lose. Um I just it hurts so much to trade Cotter, but I don't know how long he's going to be out for. It's probably it is probably worth trading Cotter for overall. Um, mm. I think for me, I'm playing head to head, and he might only miss one or two weeks. Um, mm. Of well, of don't steal Ryan's thunder. So you got to let Ryan answer the head to head. No, thing. no, that's on, that's you, fair. You were you yep. were given some clear, explicit instructions at the start of this segment, mate. Yeah, it's not all about you, a Rob. Just remember, slagging right? off Rob yeah. podcast again. Yeah, um, these bloody interns. <laughs> <laughs> I can't trust him. Right. Um, yeah, no, I probably would do. I probably would do Cotter to Papali'i, but probably not for sixteen. Probably for seventeen is, is probably what I would do. Okay, Rob uh, Ryan, as a head-to-head player, how do you attack round seventeen? <laughs> I sit on my hands, mate. I put my hands in my pockets and just uh, watch all the overall players burn their trades on blokes that really they shouldn't be buying, like Reed Marnie. Um, I think even potentially Cameron McInnes um, could end up not being a keeper if he's only playing 50 to 55 minutes. Because, like, that's that's sort of the the sacrifice that you type you tend to make as an overall player is that you sort of end up with a lot of these guys that are, like, they're on the fringes of being keeper, but, like, they're type of guys you wouldn't normally buy them if they weren't playing around 17. Like um, Jack DeBellin as well, I was thinking of someone like that. Like, a, probably not a keeper, but like a fringe guy that you'd only get playing overall. Mm. Yeah, well, because, like, uh, say you opt for, like, a like a Reed Marnie over, I don't know, like a, a Reese Robson. Like, is, like, what we've seen from Reese Robson, it seems like moving forward he's going to be averaging in the high 50s um, versus Marnie is probably going to be a low 50s hooker. Um, how many weeks before that gap is closed in the points they made anyway? Like, you know, you get that extra 50 points in round 17, but then, you know, is, is that score made up by, you know, seven rounds later? Like they've, he's closed that gap, if not sooner. Um, well, well that it, actually kind of leads interestingly into another question and you're sort of half answering it. So I'm going to, I'm going to l- slow ball this into you here as well. So, right. How do you actually go about weighting pure availability for that one round against floor, ceiling, price, and the other factors? So, I mean, let's you're using the Reed Marnie, and I don't know, and I mean, because there's other factors in this Reed Marnie example, because the other thing you got to weight in 
is Reed Marnie is 75K less than Robson. So it's not only the five points per week that having Robson versus Marnie is costing you. It's also what can you do with that 75K? Because if that's the difference between you buying Cameron McInnes for round 17, for argument's sake, and buying David Clemmer mm-hmm. or, you know, someone like that, you know, do you then go, okay, well, I can get, uh, you know, a guy who's playing round 17 instead of a guy that isn't, plus I also get to then upgrade my other player who's also playing round 17. You know, do you weight that in? I, I guess you have to do to some extent because obviously, you know, that, that price proposition always factors into decision-making regardless of availability and what round they're playing. Um, uh, it's just, yeah, it's from, I, like from my perspective, for example, um, like Cotter, sorry, Robson and uh, Marnie, like a, a couple of weeks ago, they weren't that far apart. Like they were maybe only mm. about 10, 20K apart, but you you had people buying like Reese Robson in, uh, sorry, buying Marnie in round 14 with the prospect of, you know, having him for round 17 because you need to cover for Grant. Um, when, you know, back then they were only about 20K apart as well. So I, I guess now, now that there is a big price difference between them, it's a little bit of a different proposition, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, because, I mean, the other thing that you're looking at with those two specific players is you're looking at one player who's definitely a keeper versus one player who probably isn't at this rate. And, you mm. know, you look at Marnie, his last two scores are both under 50 and he had a try against the Roosters. Um, you know, a lot of demerits, but he does those. And he does have the odd demerit as he gets more tired through the year. So I'm not, I actually don't think that Reed Marnie is a keeper this year. So if you're trading him in, you're also then planning on trading him out later if you want an elite option. So that obviously does have to come into it. So, I mean, and this, the other argument is the floor versus ceiling. So Rob, uh, I'm going to actually put this to everybody. Do you put more of a weight on the floor of a player or more of the weight on the ceiling of a player? If you're, if you're choosing between, Uh, I think the way I do it is I like to have at least one ceiling guy at every position. Um, mm-hmm. so you like, I, I do like a couple of plotters that, you know, just get through their work and accumulate tackles and, you know, meters and, and things, but it's, re- it is really nice having one player in each position that does offer that ceiling. Um, and yeah, so I think it just comes down to team composition for me. I think, um, I, I'm desperately, you know, looking out for a, wing fullback that offers me some ceiling. Um, I've got Hines, obviously, who's a jet. But, yeah, I'd love to have your Tedesco or your Pappenhausen just for that additional ceiling, you know, because either of those guys could get 100, you know, 90 or 100 every any week. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think coming back to your question, if I've got – and I think mid-edge has been like this a lot this year. There's so many guys in that, like – 47 to 53 kind of area. Yep. And it's, it's so tough just not getting them. Like even Barnett, like Barnett's great and I'd really like to get him, but what, what is he giving me that like Max King doesn't already give me, you know? So Mm. yeah, you feel like if you're making that trade, you're just wasting a trade and you're getting the exact same scoring. Yeah. Whereas someone, and what point is that actually an upgrade? Like even if you went, even if you went to Cameron McInnes now from Max King, I'm not He's convinced the same. that's an upgrade. He's the same. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's an accumulator in the mid slash edge, which is why I think Papali'i at edge is just 
he's probably going to be a must, I think, at, at some point mm. later in the season because he just offers that ceiling that none of the other edges really have. Oh, man, he's so cheap now. He was nine hundred and fifty. He was nine hundred and fifty k a couple of weeks ago. He's down at eight thirty nine now. Jesus, with yeah. a monster break even too. Yeah, and he. I think like look, if you're looking at seventeen and you don't have Papa Lee, then yeah, just reassess that because he is. Mm. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty must own at the edge position because it's been so mm. tough. Like without an out and out guy like Fafita last year, um, we've got Crichton, but he. He's a bit of a plotter as well, <laughs> you know, like he's he's just getting through work. He's not really offering that massive ceiling. Has he like scored he a try yet? No, he hasn't. He, he 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 should have scored one last week, but he couldn't bloody run over. Um, oh, geez, who was the fullback? Who were they playing last week? Um, Eels. Eels, yeah, that's yeah. He couldn't. Jeez, oh, yeah, he got because he made a line break and he got through a hole, but he, yeah, he got bloody tackled by the, by the fullback. It was pretty poor. Maybe like he Mole. hasn't been that good this year. He's he he's got that. pretty high ceiling, but doesn't yeah, play well. seventeen. So. No, no, it's um, and I mean it's an interesting question, and there's a bunch of these sorts of strategy kind of questions in 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 the list here. So, and I mean a, another one is is you know when you're looking about at borderline keepers, and I'm not sure that Adam Elliott even belongs on this list because I mean he's just going from strength to strength. But the examples that they used was Adam Elliott, Max King, Cameron McInnes, Torhu Harris. When mm. do we? How do we attack? You know when you got guys like that in your team. When are we looking to move them on? Are we looking to move them on, or you know uh, as per you know previous discussion? You know, say a guy like Max King, he's pretty much pumping out a 50-ish week to week. Is there any real benefit in upgrading him? And can is there anyone aside from Papali'i, Cameron Murray, that's actually a genuine upgrade? Well, I'll jump in here. So, like, I, I think there's a there's a very big difference between King and Elliot, like in the mindset of your thinking, between King and Elliot versus McInnes and Tohu. Um, McInnes yeah. and Tohu, you likely bought them as keepers, Versus King and Elliot, you bought them as cows, and they've just they're outperforming expectations at the moment. So, mm. as it currently stands, no, there's no reason to trade King or Elliot. But the the question mark and the the um, the guillotine that will always hang over them is their role could change at any minute. Uh, with Max King, you know, it could it could change to a 40, 45 minute role with Luke Thompson's return. So I guess you've got to you, you're just always sort of worrying about that. Um, and will he eventually be a sell? But until that time comes, like you just hang on to him. And same with Adam Elliott, like he's playing big minutes at the moment, but I mean, that could always change. Like we know Ricky Stewart change of the drop of the hat. It could just be because Josh Papali is playing Origin at the moment. We'll see what happens in round 19, 20, whether Elliott maintains these minutes. But I mean, at the meantime, you just hang on to guys like that versus Tohu McInnes, um, you bought hopefully as a keeper, you've just sort of got to reassess and, um, see where they are like obviously McInnes if you own him you're holding him until round 17 because that's probably why you bought him in the first place but uh, after after round 17 you I guess you just got to assess whether you think those guys are keepers whether they're playing in that role still um who's been pretty underwhelming the last three weeks now putting up um low to mid 40 scores so I think there is a little bit of concern now about Harris um I think we've hit we've hit the three date rule so <laughs> um yeah, a little bit of concern there, but um, it, it's just a different mindset. But just because of the price points you bought them at, 
Yeah, I think for me, and it's hard, like, just because you have a player and you bought one to be a keeper and you bought one as a cash cow, as far as I'm concerned, when they're in your team, you have to treat them as exactly the same. Like, and I look at Max King and Tohu Harris, and at the moment I know if I could only keep one of them, I know which one I would keep. But, like, you know, Max King, obviously, he's, his floor and ceiling seems to be higher than Tohu Harris right now. But, you know, one thing you got to remember, you're operating on a very small to- sample size with Tohu Harris as well. You know, he's at the point where, like, you know, he's got – he had the 250s and had a, he's had a couple of bad scores there, but he's kind of doing everything that you want to see. He's just missing a couple of attacking stats and maybe a couple of tackles. But I think – He's going to come good, and I think that the Warriors are going to get a little boost going home. So, yeah, I wouldn't be panicking on Tohu Harris, and I'm not wow. looking to actually move. I'm not looking to move King or Elliot at all at the moment. I just brought up uh, Tohu. He's uh, 90% owned by the top 1,000. That's that's crazy. Did you say 90? 90. Yeah. 90. Yeah. 92, well, 92% see- by the top 100, 89.7 by the top 1,000. And that, but then that actually brings up the question: Is could that be a nice pod if you then decided to sell him and and go for broke? Because if everybody else is playing him, getting these forty somethings, and you mm. go to a Tarpany, for argument's sake, you know, or somebody with a ceiling that that you get the ceiling out of, you know, maybe that's a an interesting, you know, proposition for people. Even Joe Offen Gowie is one point eight percent, and he's scoring pretty consistently ten points above Tohu at the moment. So he looks pretty nice with Alex Twal out as well. Oh man, yeah, well, poor fella. Yeah, yeah he got that. smashed. So, eh? Yeah, I did. I, I saw. I saw like basically an NRL physio sort of saying he maybe wasn't believing that that Twal was out for the year, and that that report might be incorrect, but. Um, I don't, I actually haven't seen anything official from the Tigers about that. All I saw was that thing that I posted in the group yesterday. So I'd like yeah, to see something Fox, official. I saw Fox League report it, but yeah, you're right. There's nothing official. Like it could just be complete crap. No. We never know. Yeah. No, I think Fox League also reported stuff on Peachy looking for a release and the Tigers come out today and we're like, what are you talking about? So yeah, but, no, I think they just yeah. make stuff up sometimes in slow news weeks. I think um, Joe looks good regardless of 12, to, oh, to be fair. Man. Like I'd, Probably yeah. get him if I, especially if I was a um, yeah. overall. He's not even seven hundred k yet either. He's only six ninety three. He looks like really good, and he's somebody you could jump on this week if you're looking for a gun. Um, I sort of don't really have the scope to get him in my team, but I'd like to. Um, yeah, I was always planning to trade out King and Elliot to somebody, but I don't know who I could possibly get that'd be an upgrade at the moment. So, um, uh, speaking of moving on, guys, uh, there's so there's another question here. What do we think is the best time to move on non-keeper cash makers and the examples that they're using, Savage, Cooler, Karaz, you know, this mm. type? So, I mean, for me, the answer is when their break-even dictates it and I wouldn't be doing it before that. So, see, oh, I'd have a slightly different answer to that. Um, I, I agree with you with the start of the season, early season, prior to origin. Like you move them on when they when their dic- uh, when their break even dictates it. Like once their break even hits what they're likely to average. But I think in the back half of the year, your strategy can change a little bit when you're prioritizing um, points over cash. Uh, you know, say you're in round eighteen, 
you only need two more players to have your final team, basically. Like, I wouldn't be against, you know, moving Cooler on now. Like, he might make another anywhere between 30 to 100K, depending on how many tries he scores in the next couple of weeks. But if if that's... If him, if, if cashing him out now allows you to go from a Tohu to a Tarpani, well, I think you can justify that move, even though you've, you know, maybe gone a little bit early because at, at some point you've got to prioritize the points over the cash, and the cash doesn't become as valuable to you when you're in the back half of the season, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. And I mean, the thing is, like, like it, it, everything's subject, subjective. If you've got something that you need to do, and I mean, the hard one's going to be round 16 next next Tuesday if Chance Nickel Clookstar's named and Savage is named at 14. Mm. What what do we do at that point? You know, is that a situation where you, you know, you cut your losses, trade Savage to Will Kennedy, put the 120K in the bank and upgrade? Or do you hang on to Savage? and pray at that point, you know? Yeah, well, I guess the danger there is that being at 14, if he is named at 14, that if he touches the field, it really only takes one score to completely ruin his break even if he comes on for a HIA mm. and scores two, you know? Or negative one. Mm. Or yeah, the exactly. Saab treatment, eh? Oh, no, well, that's a completely different proposition, obviously, with Saab. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's situational for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, cooler... Like, cause, so I'm in a situation now where I'm really one wing fullback and then luxury upgrades away from, from being done sort of thing. So what I was really hoping is Savage was going to continue playing and get up to 500K and I can turn him into Pappenhausen or something like that. But, like, right now I'm not that far away from going cooler direct to Pappenhausen and if I had to go, like, Savage to Kennedy, I'd be able to easily do cooler to Pappenhausen and then that would be me done. Um but um, yeah, some, so like something like that. Whereas I, I'd to do that to make that deal, particularly if Savage is out, because I know that's a twenty point a week net upgrade, hmm. yeah, you know, or more. So it's very situational. I guess that there's no hard and fast, definite answer. Um, it's just sort of eyeball each one. But I mean, Karaz is one where like I'm not sure that any wing fullback not named Nico Hines is an upgrade for Karaz at the moment. How good is he? Really well. He's so much better at centre, isn't he? Because this is what his reserve grade stats indicated he would be, um, and he's finally showing, starting to show that now. He's, you know, one uh, one step in field from where he was on the wing. It's, he's been excellent. He's just so yeah. busy as well. Gets involved yeah. in tackles and a little bit just, more opportunity to get the ball as well. Yeah, mm. just cuts. He cuts inside so well. It's it's so nice seeing uh, the ball not go to Corey Allen. On that edge, yep. you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like Pappenhausen, like I understand if he's not playing Origin, then he's kind of someone you've got to have if you're looking at overall. Um, but really, it, I'd be surprised if he's goal kicking when he comes back. Hey, like Meany's been good. I'd expect Meany to hold a wing spot with Coates still out. Um, and and like Pappenhausen's uh, before he got injured, he's averaging fifty five this season with. Uh, about eight and a half points in goals. So if you take that away, like you're looking at a high 40s average, like obviously that's still excellent. But mm. is that like at 750K, is that someone you want to go diving into if he doesn't have the goal kicking straight away? No. No. Yeah. I, I'm kind of half interested in Latrell even as a, a ceiling option because I already have Heinz and Teddy, so it's purely a third option. Mm. And like I can even go cooler straight to Latrell whenever I want as well. 
but then I don't have a centre cover, so I'm sort of rolling the dice a little bit there. But yeah, no, it's um, yeah, no, it, it is an interesting one. I, I think I just case by case basis basis it again. Um, so another one here, Rob, you can answer this one first. So when when would you start looking at keepers that play Origin? So for example, Cook, Murray, Tedesco, Yo, Ruben for Cotter, example, uh, Ruben Cotter, Cotter, and Kerrigan, <laughs> who I got in last week. Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, it depends if you're playing um, or uh, overall or head-to-head, I think. But, yeah, I've got no issue with getting um, Kerrigan now. How good is he? Oh, Such a big yeah. motor, hey? Yeah, huge motor. Um, and, again, like Cotter, if you if he didn't get hurt, <laughs> I think was still a good buy. But, yeah, I think with guys like Cook, um, probably Tedesco, Murray, Yo. I'd probably be getting after Origin. Yeah, I see. I've got I've got Teddy penciled in for round eighteen because obviously yeah, he's playing too. he's playing Penrith this week or next week rather round sixteen. So with a relatively fin- high break even as well. Exactly, relatively high break even. He's finally uh, showing some of that tough schedule I talked about <laughs> um, about a month ago. He's finally starting to um, show outputs of that with the thirty five and forty two in the past two weeks. Um, oh. And then the run home for Teddy, starting from round eighteen, like you've got the Dragons, Newcastle, Manly, Broncos, Juggernaut, so dreamy, eh? Tigers, yeah. Like it's it's a very it's a very nice schedule for Teddy on the run home, and I'm fairly certain the Roosters play late in the week in round eighteen, unlike the uh, the Cowboys who got stitched up twice. Uh, the Roosters Saturday, get up Saturday up. three o'clock, okay, third, not yeah. too late then, not yeah. too late. But, um, but I, he'll I, play. I guess he played last time. I, yeah, I guess at that same point, like given that he plays early in the week, you have an opportunity to find out if he is, you know, you should know if he's playing by 3 p.m. Friday before there's any games kicked off. So you'll be able to know. Mm. You won't have to trade him in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a rule, I would strongly suggest avoiding trading in Origin players. Definitely, like, well, I, like, do, I, I don't execute any trades until after the state of Origin and we find out what happens, like, until TLT. Just try not to commit yourself too much like brain wise to until after that. But then like, I'd really be suggesting that you shouldn't be buying anyone that's likely to play state of origin in round 16. Cause it's literally, there's one week there and then they're back into camp again, you know, and then you, you know, you got them for the run home. Like you're not gonna, you know, do your ass on anyone break even wise for the most part, they're all sort of performing well. So, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that would be my suggestion, but anything round 18, 19 onwards, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, best pod guns. So is there anyone low ownership um, that you, outside of Joe Offengowie, who's 1.6%, is there anyone else? Bloody hell, is that yo, 12%? I mean, look, maybe Adam Reynolds when he's back. See, I don't know about that one because I was listening to Magic Sponge and, and Physio seems to think that he's he said that he believes that it's going to impact Reynolds' running game That's rest fair. of the season. That's fair. I tell you what, a pod hooker who I've already mentioned on this podcast of all Is the keeper Blake hookers. Blake Braley. No, <laughs> I was going to say he's the only pod hooker. So all like Cook, Cotter, Marnie, um, geez, even Appy's higher than this bloke. Uh, Grant, like all these Is guys, are double digits. All these, yeah, <laughs> all these guys are double digits. But Reese Robson, mate, I, I spoke about him earlier. Five point six percent. 5.6%. All these other guys are double digits. What's his ownership in the top thousand? 
But it's high. Yeah, no, Reese Robson is an absolute jet. It is. It's only 30%. Okay. I guess that is really kind of... Yeah. I reckon, like, on guys, just looking at people, like... Tyson Frizzell, 2.5%. I think he represents a really interesting buy. Yes, he had a HIA. No, that doesn't impact his long-term fantasy, aside from making him cheaper. Uh, UNA can at 12.7% is almost a pod now. Um, Pat Carrigan, 5.9% is a pod. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Mitch Barnett as well. Yeah, Mitch Barnett, 2.6. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Because he Um, had an HIA as well, and he still... You know, got fifty-one in sixty-seven minutes or something. So, tell you what, tell you who is going to be a, a really juicy pod. Cameron Murray, one point eight percent of the top one thousand. Own Cam Murray. Really? Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So only eighteen teams of the top one thousand have uh, Cam Murray. Okay. Only one team in the top one hundred. <laughs> one team. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, there's probably a good reason why they've made it to the top 100, though, as well, because they're. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They've I mean, managed he, to. Uh, like, they're not buying some origin guy who had a week off with an injury and blah, blah, blah. Although he is, obviously, Murray's a good good player. So, yeah. No, there's always there's always potential there. You just got to, um, you know, find the right balance of pods. And we did something in the preseason on pod necessity. Um, like whether it's even necessary to have a pod. Like Ryan Pappenhausen's another one. He's 13.6% owned, but I bet that in the top 1,000 is really low. Mate, I've got a pod for you for the top 1,000. Plays round 17 as well. Ryan Madison, 5.6% of the top 1,000. Ryan Madison, there's your round 17 pod right there. Yeah, yeah. So obviously there's a lot of options there. 73 break. playing Origin though? No, well, he's not, mate. He's he's not even in the squad now. Do Do they drop him? Completely, yeah, yeah completely. completely. That's really funny. Like a second. What did he do days. wrong, eh? What did he do wrong? Well, no, he didn't really do anything right, man. I didn't even know he was on the field. I, no, are you talking about Nathan Cleary or? Well, no. <laughs> I got That's him. How, no, well, that mate. Don't, I will not hear any anti-Nathan Cleary chat on this podcast. <laughs> You're an I won't hear it. I won't have it. That is You'll my hear captain. It. You'll hear it for Origin, though. I won't hear it. No, I won't hear it until at least. Friday, and then I'll hear it after that. One one non-fantasy thing I want to talk about, which I'll just jump straight into, is... Okay. Do you remember when Ivan Cleary was the Warriors coach? No. Yes. How do we lose? How do we lose him? <laughs> did, did you guys fire him? It's, I, I just... I don't understand. He took us to a grand final, and then... And then he, you know... We obviously just didn't re-sign him. We probably just gave him like a year or something after that. Like after our best ever season, we're like, you know what, Ivan, you can only have one year. And then he probably just went, you know, yeah. I'm furious. I'm furious. And then well, you lose Tom well, Here's too. the question is, did you sign his son? Well, we, we w- I was thinking about this today, like a, a classic butterfly effect. If, Ivan had stayed at the Warriors, would Nathan have played for the Warriors? Do you think? No. Even though we were terrible? No. Mate, well, you you had Chad Townsend, and and, I mean, Chad Townsend was obviously going to be the best Warriors half of all time if he had stayed, so. James Maloney. No, James Maloney was so excellent. But yeah. What do you mean was, mate? He still is excellent. 
in the NRL. Nathan, Nathan Cleary has James Maloney to thank for his career. Mm-hmm. Without that, he would still be a cat and soft. James Maloney taught him how to be tough. Are you telling me he's not a cat? Oh, he's still a cat, but he's less. <laughs> Absolute cat. Yeah. Oh, mate. I could, I could, I really, no, I won't hear any negative Nathan Cleary talk on this podcast. This is a pro Nathan Cleary podcast, Rob. You can't, you, you can't just buy him and then all of a sudden change it. your tune. No, I won't Nathan have it, Cleary. Rob. We've had him, me and Ryan have had him for five weeks. Mate, I don't want to hear your negativity about Nathan Cleary ever again until I love, next season I love when Nathan I fade him at, again, at the start of the year. So, although I have to say, Overall, the move to uh, instead of DCE, like I could have had Pangai and I would have looped Harris out, which would have netted me 13 points and I would have got the exact same story at a DCE that I got out of Cleary, except I would have had Hines captain, so I would have got four extra. So it would have been a net positive move for me just to go DCE this week instead. But It would have been interesting to get DCE this week. I know he scored incredibly well and he looked awesome, but it just, it just didn't feel like the week to get him in. No, um, but yeah, look, that's what you call origin. bad, bad process, good result instead of that's good right. process, bad result. Yeah, that's right. I feel like that's affected us a lot this year. Well, actually, that's actually a fantastic segue, right, uh, Rob? And good job for bringing it up, mate. Yeah, cheers. Um, so we did one of the lo- the last question that we had, and it's it's kind of there's two questions together. So the best and worst trades that you've done all year is number one. And then number two is a full audit on your trades to see where you potentially went wrong. But I'm, I'm happy to throw my team up as tribute and my trades for us to go through. Cause I don't know. I don't think we should go through all three of them mm-hmm. um, unless you guys are really keen on that. I think um, me and Ryan have the same team anyway. So yeah, right. okay. we can possibly do it in, in, in unison. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what do you, what's the best trade that you did that you've done all year? Yeah. I'm just having a look now. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll guess I'll go first then. Cause I've pre-prepared here. I actually done notes. Look at us. Okay. Um, so I think my best trade, uh, honorable mention, um, I did Tommy Starling to Reese Robson in round 13. Uh, that was mm-hmm. before everyone lost about 60 K on him. So I, I got off Starling early. So I'll be honorable mention there, but I think, the trade that sticks out for me as the best I made all season because – and the reason that sticks out to me is because um, – I'll, I'll set the scene. So it was round 10, magic round, first game of the week, Bulldogs versus Newcastle. the Friday 6 o'clock game. I'm trading at Pappenhausen because that was the week he got injured. Um, and there was two players I was tossing up between. They were both in the high 500s. And this is like a butterfly effect of like which way you go – could have drastically uh, changed the course of my season. So the two players I was tossing up between was Kalen Ponga and Matt Burton. And I'm going, ah. And I know I'm going Matt Burton at 590K. Um, and yeah, yeah like I, I'm sure everyone knows how good Matty Burton's been. And he's gone up about, geez, over 200K since then. And, and like that's one of those like butterfly effects. If I'd gone Ponga, my season could look very different right now. Yeah. You'd be tearing your hair out. Did you yeah. get Burton in round 10 as well, Mark? I did. For Brad yeah. Schneider. Yes, I did. I did Walters I went, and I went Ryan that week and I got went Elliot Ryan, and Burton. I went Ryan Pappenhausen and Brad Schneider to Matt Burton and Pat Carrigan that week. Oh, oh that's yeah. lovely. Yeah, that was a... Because you got Elliot in round nine, didn't you? 
Yeah, so the winner, the best trade that I made all year was Brody Jones to Adam Elliott in week They're nine. They're so nice. <laughs> See, Mate, I did Brody Jones to jet move there. That is just on. <laughs> yeah, nah, see, Whoop, whoops, absolute jet move. Although, I'm, man, I'm going through, and I'm. Do you have your bet? What was your best one, Rob? And I'm going through because I'm. Oh, mine was round ten as well. Um, yeah. Walters and Pappenhausen to Elliot and Burton. Elliot at four oh, seven, bang, and Burton at five nine seven. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. That's like incredibly good. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I, all up, I reckon mo- for the most part, I'm pretty happy with all the trades that I've made this year. So round one, Christian Welch goes down. <laughs> Actually, I was speaking to Peter and he was laughing. He said, oh, I can't wait for the start of next season when I'm going to get tricked into buying Christian Welch, only for him to average 45 again next year as well. <laughs> Can we put a little note down? If anyone brings up Christian Welch in a preseason podcast, they're eliminated from talking about Christian Welch moving forward. He's on the naughty boy think list. That Christian Welch just keeps getting hurt because he knows he's a forty-five fantasy scorer. No, mate. No, but um, I mean, it's definitely. It's. I'm not ruling it out. Uh, but um, no, I just think. Yeah, he lives to disappoint fantasy coaches for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think he'd probably enjoy being a fan, forty-five average scorer because that would fall into his disappointing motif anyway. So, yeah, Christian Welch to Harry Grant in round one. Um, happy with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sort of went a little bit downhill in round two where I traded Billy Smith out for Tom Starling, um, which ended up, in fairness, netting me 150K, but, you know, a lot of stress involved. <laughs> and Angus Crichton to Jai Arrow, who ended up leaving my team later. Um, I did those exact same trades, actually, Matt. Yeah. Oh, geez. He ended I, up I, leaving my team three, three weeks later for a 30K profit. I just got to throw in another honourable mention for potentially one of my best trades of the year in round uh, in that same round. I did Billy Smith to Taylor May. Oh, that's mate, really bang. nice. Yeah, and that's what I should have done. I should have gone to Taylor May and banked the money, and I didn't. I skipped Taylor May because I was trying to be too tricky. You never got Taylor May at all? Never got him. Yeah. So then the next week I traded Billy Walters and Fletcher Baker for Brody Jones and Leo Thompson. Um, I also got those I two ended, in. I ended up selling Leo Thompson for an 80K, 60K profit, which is probably not great. Um, but Brody Jones I did make 125K on, which is probably still also not great, but money's money. But I could have still had Billy Walters and had him be a productive member of my team. So... And that actually only netted me twenty one grand in the bank, which I've always had more than that all year. So that was an unnecessary trade to do the Brody Jones Billy Walters trade, I think. See, I think Billy Walters has been like was has been quite lucky in in terms of his output. Like there were quite a few weeks where he looked like he was only ever going to get twenty five a week, um, and then you know there was the Corey Pakes injury and. And, oh. and, and you know, he got chucked in the halves for a bit. Um, sure. So oh, I got mate, no issues, no doubt I got no issues with trading. This bad result. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, still. You know, we've got to look at these things. Um, and then, yeah, so next week, Toby Sexton and Jack Bird out, which overall has been, I've been pretty happy with that. But Pangai and Mowali, and I think I probably could have done better than that. See, I did Bird and Sexton out for Taylor May. At 403k, so over probably slightly overs, and Cherry Evans 
at 850 oh which i'm pretty happy with those those two yeah i mean are you happy with your return on investment for cherry evans at seven at 850k yeah i think i think so if i'm gonna look and this uh, we're foreshadowing to the you know what what a what a a good team composition looks like um for the for the end of round team but i think cherry and um cleary are the best two halves Oh yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that. But eight fifty is quite a lot for Cherry. Um, I said he's only he's only dropped now. about sixty k. I think I think the the and I think you might have got um, Cherry this week as well, Ryan. But you did the um, you did the output on him with Trebojevic being out, and it was like fifty nine to sixty one kind of average, um, and it just looked nice. You know, it was nice to have my halves. A bit more sorted um, at that time. Sexton had kind of. Did Sexton get hurt or was yeah. he. Did, did he just shit the no, bed? He was just crap. He was just crap. Yeah. No, he was just crap yeah. and we jumped off and, and stopped stopped the bleeding. So uh, I got Pangai in who was really good for a really long time there for, for us, I think. and But also Davi Mowali, who still is a permanent red dot on my team now, which is a bit of a mistake. Um, round six, unsung hero trade here, Viliami Vilea to Cooler. Um, so Cooler's obviously been a, a really good member on my team. I only put 9K in the bank and took a risk on Cooler being able to hold his spot, um, which which obviously paid off. And Cooler's been very, very helpful for me and been in my 17 a couple of times now where Violet has been useless. Did Cooler um, lose his spot in the intervening time? Did he lose his spot and then come back in? Mate, I think he got dropped and or injured. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and in that week also went Jai Arrow to David Fafita, which obviously I could have found a better option than David Fafita, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. Because I think the fo- the following week or two was when he got um, moved into his um, bench impact forward role. He had a game at centre as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, mate. Oh, it was a rich tapestry of bad times for me. Justin Holbrooking. Yeah. Um, following week, moved Nanai on to Tom Lolo, um, who proceeded to lose 70 grand prior to me selling him, um, which was awesome. Um, and I could have still had Nanai and gone similar scoring, <laughs> probably better actually. Um, and also Stephen Crichton to Kalen Ponga, which also was seems to be unnecessary. So round seven, probably all up two trades I didn't need to make. Yeah, but, uh, I've got a, a nomination for the worst trade of the year for my round seven, which is okay. Stephen Crichton to Blake Taff. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'd be sitting so pretty right now. But to be fair, yeah. it facilitated Josh King to Angus Crichton at 614. Oh, yeah. Which, that's a, which that's I'm win. very happy with. So, yeah, yep. you know, swings and roundabouts. Love that. Um, next week, much better. Paulo and Kurt Mann out for Jackson Hastings and Angus Crichton, both under 600K. Kurt, Jackson Hastings actually got on him at 508 um, nice. and then moved him on at 632, so I'm pretty happy with that, really. And then got Angus Crichton at 599 for Kurt Mann, basically a straight swap, uh, which I'm really, really happy with that. And obviously Angus is a nice, productive keeper member of my team. Following week, I did the Brody Jones to Adam Elliott, which is my trade of the year. Also, when Dave Fafita across to Josh Jackson, 
which I think in hindsight, obviously he was good for round 13 and he's one of those guys that for me is now a borderline keeper and I'm sort of not really sure how to deal with him. But I mean, 47 and 61 the last two weeks, can't really complain about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 54 the week before. So, I mean, he's got a three-game rolling average of 54. So, I mean, I guess he's a keeper by that metric. I might just go back to round eight quickly. I, I did yep. Randall and Mann to Cleary and Cooler. Yep. Which I'm pretty... I think that was a very popular trade that week. Yep. Cleary and Cooler that week. Yep. And then, yeah, round 10, Carrigan and Burton for Schneider and Pappenhausen. Pretty... Um, we already discussed that earlier. Um, and then round 11... Luke Thompson, Chris Randall out. Uh, not Luke Thompson, Leo Thompson, sorry. And Chris Randall out for uh, Robson. Um, magic trade, but oh, unfortunately with Trent Peoples, who was a bit of a waste there. How good did Peoples look, eh, for that one week? Oh, man, so good. So good for a week and then not good after that. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the round 12, Tom Malolo out with the injury and the Money lost along with two along need to get Tohu Harris and Xavier Savage, which so far has been, you know, <laughs> d- probably disappointing. <laughs> I've got high hopes for Tohu, like you said. Yeah, me I too. When he comes home to New Zealand, um, he'll get invigorated. But yeah, look, he's too cheap to trade now anyway, so just keep him. Yeah, he surely can't be any worse. He, can, he can't imagine. be worse. Have to imagine. Um, yeah, and then people's out, put some money in the bank for and get Saab to fris- to facilitate the purchase of Moses, Cleary, Tomololo, Frizzell, and Volkman over the last two weeks for uh, Hastings, Starling, Targo, Pangai, and Ponga. And Cleary. That's, that's yeah, I've got Cleary. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, it, really. Did you watch the Warriors game? Oh, any ones? Yeah. Volkman looked all right, I thought. Yeah, I mean, solid enough for, I guess, an absolute flogging. I mean, you're, you've always got to be happy when a 220K uh, player, rookie half, can put up 32 in a complete bashing. And now he's going back home to New Zealand and plays the Tigers on a Sunday, Arvo. Yeah, hopefully yeah, I'll, be there. I'll be there. Points and get it's going to be It's going to be great. Oh, Robbie. Can you uh, – maybe Volkman will be the answer to the question – about producing halfbacks. Maybe. Yeah, but he is an Australian, right? <laughs> no, mate. He's a Kiwi, isn't he? Is he? Surely. No. The name like Ronald, he has to be from New Zealand, surely. Doing some research now. Sydney, New South Wales. <laughs> yeah, that's in, New- that's in New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Which is in Queensland, hence why English well, played for Queensland. Sydney's in New Zealand, but okay. Huddersfield's in Queensland. Yeah. yeah, I reckon he's got some. I reckon he's got some New Zealand Warriors spirit heritage floating around in there somewhere. <laughs> I got a good feeling about it. He's playing. Yeah. No, he's playing for one of the Pacific Island teams. He's playing for Cook Islands or something. No, he Samoa. is yeah, right. He's Samoa. playing for one of the Cook Islands teams. He's playing for Samoa. I'm sure of it. Yeah. But not yeah. not New Zealand. <laughs> Rob, come on, mate. <laughs> come on, mate. What are you guys what are you guys drinking at, at the moment? Right at this second? Or mm-hmm. Madam, I, I had a Summersby cider earlier, but I'm finished. 
and I'm I'm desperately wanting to eat this chicken Maryland that's sitting in front of me at the moment. Yeah, go on. <laughs> me and Ryan can um take the take the pod for a bit. Man, I, I think I think we're pretty much at the at the end here. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, I had a couple of oh, other questions. The final team composition is quite interesting. Okay, well, we'll come I back. Like we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll we'll do that right at the end. But two little quick ones. So number one is uh, some smarty on Instagram wants to know if there's still no difference between Toby Sexton and Cherry Evans. <laughs> uh, what what happened with Sexton this week? Just like too many demerits. Nothing. That like, was a problem. Zero. It was, it was, it was like really horrible. Problem. Like because I. I steered a few people on to sex in this week, um, mm. and I feel terrible about Sleeper it. Sleeper agent, man. I think yeah. it was good process. I think it was good process. No. I mean, there's a big. The, I think the big difference to me looking at it is like he's been averaging what, like twenty odd tackles a game. Like this week, he only had eleven, but he missed seven. You know, like that's uh, like oh, say well, he misses. If he had made the two, eighteen instead. You know, that's a that's a twenty one point swing. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, like it's a it's a pretty big swing. Um, like that that seems to be the big one. And you know, obviously the Titans didn't play very well. Not that they play very well most weeks, but it was just a it was a pretty poor game as well. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Pretty pretty disappointing. Had two penalties as well. Like that's pretty un unusual. Would you Would you trade him if you had him, or just stay the course? I mean, it depends um, why you bought him. Like, if you bought him at 450 as a, like a sort of cash cow, it's probably a lot easier to move him on. But if you bought him last week thinking he was a keeper, um, has your opinion changed after one week? Because like, I, I wasn't – I mean, my opinion last week, my analysis started and ended with I hate him. Um, He's got eyes. Yeah, beady little eyes. So that's, that's why I didn't want to touch him again. But, I mean, if your process led you to thinking he was a buy last week, then – uh, has that one week of extra data changed your opinion or is that just a blip on the radar? Like that's the question I guess you've got to ask yourself. So Peter's had him since round one. And never got rid of him. He's still got him. It's dedication. You just keep him, I think, don't you? Like he's still too cheap to trade. Hmm. Oh, Depends what you're doing. Like if you're trading him to Moses or something like that, I guess you can probably see why you do that. Yeah, yeah, round 17. I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced that he's not going to be a decent 18th man. No, he's a great 18th man. He's like a Caelan Ponga. Yeah. Bit upside, mm. you know, loophole type player. So, yep. And then we've got a, a one draft question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone who's underperformed at the start of the year that you would recommend people either look for on the waiver wire that might have been dropped or – try to target in a trade with their managers getting the shits with them that you think is going to come good? Oh, interesting question. I'd have a um, look at some Warriors like for, for this week because obviously we're coming home. There might be some blokes out there that... Try and get a Tohu Harris, buy low. Yeah, I'd buy low on Tohu, I think. I'd probably buy low on Sean Johnson too. He, he seems really homesick. So, What about like a Josh Curran or something like that? Yep, absolutely. A bit of injury, yep. you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think in terms of the waiver wire, like you, you probably want to target blokes that have been injured that are potentially coming back in the next week or so um, that have been dropped. Like say, like a Luke Thompson, who I think would be available in a lot of leagues. Victor Radley, like these are middle forwards who can average you know, forty-five, do a job for you. Um, you know, it also depends how deep your league goes, but I think guys like that are, are, are ones to look at. Maybe potentially mm-hmm. Tom Gilbert as well, Mike Siver, um, maybe. 
Yeah, Sevo's a good one. Yeah, for sure. Like th- those type I'm of just guys. Just having a look just... now to see in that draft league that we got. That's like a big, a fairly deep one. What? Um, who's available on the waivers? Um, no, do you do you guys play in a draft league? I have two. Yeah, I've, I've got three somehow. James Tamu is one that's available on our waiver wire with um, Tarp Twal going down. He's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't mind yeah. that. Um, I actually don't think he's not a bad shout for Classic even as well. Mm, Remember we were getting questions that. a couple of weeks ago about Tamu being whether he was a keeper and that was when Twal was playing. Is he going to go back to that 55-minute goal and – yeah, well, he scored 65 Five, on the weekend. 65 on the weekend yeah. and absolutely drumming. Mm. Sure to try. Yeah, but, true. I mean, before the 35 and 38 minutes, he played 51, 50 and 48 minutes and scored 48, 41, 41, which is a bit slack. But earlier in the year, it was a 55, 48, 62. He's probably not a keeper. And at 566, you kind of want to be, you know, not mucking around with it. But there's him. Smacks He'd be a good one for draft, I think. Yeah, he sort of smacks Yeah, I'd take him draft. Regan Campbell-Gillard a couple of years ago. Remember that? Mm, oh. Yeah, he sucked suck, suck people in a little bit. Yeah. He was quite good that year, RCG. Mm, yeah. A couple of Ryan James years like that as well. <laughs> what about like a – even like Saliva Havili's still on the waiver wire. He'd have to imagine he's better than a lot of other options. Mm, for sure. Maybe for Newer Blake. Like he's been fairly poor this year, but he, I mean he's probably available in a lot of leagues. If he can somehow get his PPM up. Throw an offload. Yeah. yeah, well, not that he's actually threw any uh, earlier in the year. I think for um, guys that I'd be targeting in trade, Tohu's actually a really interesting one. Um, also, maybe guys like uh, maybe like a Dylan Brown who's been frustrating people recently. I don't know how much of a discount you're going to get, but he's one. Um, yeah, there's a few floating around there. I find draft trading in NRL fantasy really hard because the positions are so limited. Yeah. So, so is there like people can trade positions, but it's the exact same as NFL, man. Same as NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd quite Just like to player, do one. I think player pool so poor, like that's the hard part. Mm. So, mm. yeah, well, maybe we'll do an amateurs draft league next year. Yeah, so, good. You remember Ryan? You can you you can commission it. Oh, okay, great. you are welcome all right so last question on the list final team composition so rob you obviously started talking about it so the question was what does a good composition of a final team look like i mean and because you got you got your ideal one and then what you're probably going to end up with i mean as a general rule lots of jewels is is a good start um but what do we have one one looper and then, you know, probably more than likely a break glass in case of emergency, dude, like a Saab or something like that. And then 19 guys that you wouldn't hate your life if you had to throw in your in your scoring 17? Or how are you guys attacking that? Rob, do you want to start? Yeah. I I try to do this in like a spreadsheet every year to think about like an aspirational goal. If, if, if I had, you know, unlimited trades and money, what my team would look like. I think... Yeah, I think you want Grant and Cook or Cotter or Robson in hooker. Mm-hmm. I think you want mid is quite hard, but I think 
mid you want, like probably Murray and then like Haas, Kerrigan. I don't know. Mid is, mid is really hard this year. There's so many guys that are like 50, 52. E, yeah. I was going to check them at edge, but yeah. I think edge you want Crichton and Papali EA. Yeah, so like does it matter with there too? Yeah, Meta. Yeah, Meta's good at, at mid. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, Half I think I, Cleary and Cherry are the other ideal too that you want, but you could probably like like a Munster or something would go pretty well as well if you weren't going to get Cherry. Hmm. Um, what do we think about Aitken? I don't. I know we've got him coming back from injury, and is he going to be a keeper? But it's probably. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about Burton and Aiken. Aiken being the the kind of yeah. prototype. Um, yeah, final team yeah. keepers. Yeah, I think. But it's Burton and Aiken, and if you have anyone else, you're going to be costing yourself points on a week to week basis. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, maybe if you got Bird at like an absolute just dis- like. Mm, discount he he'll probably but, he might get the same as Atkin, but yeah because i mean there's really two questions here there's what because you're talking about individual players but i think the composition is the questions about composition because there's two different questions there's like you know what do you what like name take the players names out like because some people are down to like five six seven trades and they're not going to be able to get all the absolute elite guns because they haven't made enough cash or whatever yeah. So, like, what are you looking for in your actual team makeup? So, so like, so in me, your on your bench, on your, or you just, know. or you know, but like, so you got your two, probably at least two hookers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can have three. Um. But what three? And then you obviously having? you need. No, but it doesn't matter. You need three. Like this is what it's, it's compositional players. It's that's mm-hmm. two different questions. You know. So I mean, I want Robson, Grant, and Cook in an ideal scenario as hookers. But I'd also have Ruben Cotter, but I would have him as a mid mid or a bench utility potential, like, you know, as a, you know, on the bench. Because really all you need to think about is are all my positions covered? And then let's say a player gets injured. So let's say for me, let's say I have, you know, um, so my team composition that I've got at the moment is I've got Robson and Grant, so two ex- exclusive hookers. And then I've got three exclusive mids being Tamalolo, Carrigan, Max King. I've got Frizzell as an exclusive edge, and then I've got four dual mid-edges. So I've got Harris, Crichton, Elliott, and Jackson, all of which can play mid or edge. So that position is absolutely full to the brim, mid or edge. doesn't matter how many injuries I get, basically, I could cover that position. Hmm. And then you got, you know, Burton, who's a half center, and Aiken, who's an edge center. But really, Aiken, you're only ever going to use him at center. But let's say you had, you know, uh, a Nathan Cleary go down. It'd be my, I would easily just be able to plug Burton into the halves or Hines into the halves and play cooler in my wing fullback. So I'm not boxed into playing Saab or Volkman, you know, sort of thing, because you've got that jewel there. So mm. ideally, what you want is you want, players who can move around. So, like, you know, you want to have Hines playing in your wing fullback, not in your half, and you want to have Burton and Aiken in your centres, not in your edge or your half. You know, so what you want to be doing is maximising your best scoring positions. Is And this is, I think, more what the, the question's about. You want two actual halves plus Hines, and then you probably want 
Teddy or Pap or both with, uh, you know, and then if you can't afford to get all three of them, you compromise with uh, Latrell or a Ponder Karaz. or someone like that with, with a big ceiling. You know, oh, yeah, Karaz, whoever, Tylen May, whatever it is, right? And then in your bench, you want to have make sure you have positional cover, but then your emergencies, you really just need guys who are definite green dots who via dual you cover all your positions in your back line, probably ideally too deep. Mm. So, and- so like for me, if both Cleary and Moses went down, I could play Volkman and Cooler and just shift Heinz into my halves. So I've got two injury spots for halves. You know, same with wing fullback. I've got Saab there as well. So I could have Burton, Cleary and Moses all go down and I could cover my halves. You know, hmm. that, that's kind of more the composition, yeah. I guess. Um, my halves centre, have been a slight issue with, like, because obviously you want a vice-captain that will get some points. But I think this year you should just pick a captain, say it's Cleary, say it's Hines, whoever you want, hmm. and then just pick a vice-captain that plays first. <laughs> because yeah, that's what I've been doing. That you don't need to move around. So, like, Bruce Robson's yeah, been because like, like the last four weeks. Because yeah, he's same here. You want to be able to move Burton if, yeah. if you need to, or you need, want to or be able Hines to move Hines or, if you want to. Yeah, 100%. And 100%. Yeah, because, like, I don't have a half on the bench at the moment, and it's, mm. like, it's fine, but it's, like, if I have to lock a guy in, like a Hines or a Burton as a VC, then it's just, yeah, yeah it's diabolical. Um, don't do it. But what yeah. half do you want on the bench? Like... No, but you don't. You don't do it. That's the point. Burton That's and right. Hines are your halves cover. That's right. And yeah, then you just right. have a bunch of like you have a cooler or you know Will Kennedy or whoever Saab, whatever it is, sitting in your round in your number twenty. And then worst case scenario, you just shove them into wing fullback for a week as cover, and shuffle Hines up. That's the whole sort of mm-hmm. the benefit of having that. But ideally, you want somebody who you can. So like Volkman. I'd be happy to plug Volkman or Cooler into my 17 for a week or two, if I had to. Um, and then Saab's purely a break guys in case of emergency type guy, but you really need as many green dots as you possibly can. And you want one, like I've got Moali, who's a definite red dot, who's really good for looping, although I haven't been able to use him for loops because Rabbitohs keep playing early in the week for some reason. But, like, you really want 20 green dots. So... Like, you know, you don't want to be trading in a David Saluka for feeder or someone like that, really. Like, at least Saab, like, it's negative one or it's 30. It's not 12 points. Hmm. Tell, tell me this. If you ha- if money wasn't an object, if cash wasn't an object, what would your ideal uh, bench be? One, one through four. Oh, like players? Yeah. No, well, it, it's it's kind of hard to do it that way, but I'd have, like, obviously I'd have Cook in Robson and Grant. So two yep. bench, of, two of them would be the bench. And yep. then I'd probably have, like, Carrigan, Papali'i and Murray in my mid, but then I'd also have a Jewel or, like, say, Yo, for example, or Clemmer, but I'd have one of all them and then I'd have the Jewel on the bench. And then I'd probably, you know, I'd probably have, you know, uh, a Moses Cherry Evans Cleary or, so, or Munster Cherry Evans Cleary or something like that. But then I'd have my 18th man also be a dual wing fullback. Oh, no, a dual. I'd have an 18th man like dual 
you know, like a Pangai or someone like that, you know, not him, but like Madison or somebody, another duel. And then I'd have a, yeah, a wing fullback center duel 19th man, whether that's Taylor May or whoever. So that would be, and then you have that 19, you cover all your positions, you're strong across the board, you know, and that's kind of what I've done here, except obviously I'm a little bit short on cash. So I'm, I'm sort of. What's your, um, what's your team value at the moment, Mark? This would be 13.2. That's good. That's nice. Yeah. I think I'm only 13.1. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's including cash in bank and value of team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but like, I don't know how much more there is. I mean, there's like, I'm planning on keeping Robson, Tamalolo, Carrigan, Harris, Frizzell, Cleary, Moses, Aiken, Burton, Hines, Tedesco, Grant, Crichton, Jackson. And then it's really, is King a keeper? Is Elliot a keeper? I think yes. Savage or cooler. That's the only three question marks I have. So it's not, I'm not going to be trading to get, Madison and Cook and Papali'i and Murray and all these guys to get them in because there's no way I can afford to buy all those players. And that's where you've got to sort of, you know, decide where your compromise is. And this is why I recommend guys all the time like Frizzell or, you know, Carrigan, Barnett, because they can produce you similar scoring to, you know, uh, Clemmer, but they're 100K less, which then allows you to, you know, like I'm in, like I've got Burton, Cleary and Heinz all in my team now. And I'm, I'm really happy that I've got that, three really elite scorers at that position. I know there's a lot of people that don't have Barnett or don't have, uh, sorry, not don't have Burton or don't have Cleary or, and I'm really sort of targeted those high upside guys that are just absolute guns in their position in order to sort of compromise like on the edge. I don't see a, a real difference between having Frizzell or Madison, but I know I've got to pay 150 grand more to have Madison than have Frizzell. The only difference is the jewel to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where you go and look at it and go, oh, okay. Like that's where like I sort of don't necessarily find a lot of value in doing the the exercise of just picking the best 17 players possible because nobody's going to be able to get all those players. Absolutely like, not. Like Angus Crichton even, like he's not in the best 17 players that I would select. He might be my 18th man, but realistically he's good enough to be in everybody's final 17. Same yeah, with Adam I think, Elliott. Like you've I think never Crichton's going to be in my 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yep. I mean, there's no, but there's no real difference. He's on the it, that just they slip around for me depending on what time in the week they play. So, mm-hmm. you know, next game, the only reason Crichton's on the bench playing third game is because Torhu's in the edge because he's playing in the second game. You know, but outside of that, there's no, I don't, I don't sort of differentiate between them. So yeah, now that's that's more what it's about. It's just about having positional cover and having guaranteed red dots, uh, guaranteed green dots. I mean, green dots. Wine, did you ha- did you have anything to add to to all of that or? No, I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head um, for the most part. Like it's to to me, like I'm always trying to build towards the best possible 17. But like, again, like if the value smacks you in the face, like, you know, like you were talking about with Angus getting him at 600K, you know, he's up to 734 now. Like for me, I bought Lolo at like 560 or whatever he was. Like I just thought that was, you know, too good to pass up. Like there are guys like that. You've just got to, yeah, you've just got to yeah. compromise on. And um, if it means you can get a, a Murray instead of a... Oh geez, I don't know. Pick your pick your six hundred k forward Barnett. at the end of this. Yeah, if it means you can get a Murray instead of a Barnett, get that ceiling. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, spot on. Tell me this, Ryan. Have you got a DoorDash voucher for your top one thousand yet <laughs> this season? Uh, I, I got one once, but um, 
I don't really use those delivery apps. I gave it to the missus and uh, she couldn't find anything she likes. So I don't think I've actually ever used it. I feel like I've got I've got three or four this year, top top thousand results. Right. And it's not available in New Zealand. So send them to me, mate. I've had two of them. I had them two weeks in a row. I got them. Hey, Maisie. Oh, oh Maisie, there she is. Welcome. <laughs> oh, she's whoa, here. Whoa. We've been talking too long. She's She's like, where's the where's the DoorDash, Dad? I know they can get dog biscuits on there. (laughs) Um, yeah, because I had two two weeks in a row. The week Heinz went nuclear, and the week after that, um, or the week before that, and I I used both of them. Um, so I definitely got them. Um, so yeah, just send them to me, and maybe I'll buy one. I'll buy a mega feast from KFC or something with it. Hey. Because I got the third, a couple of years ago, I got the third highest score of the week and I got a $30 KFC voucher, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> what, did you, what did you get? I don't remember. Chicken. But it was delicious. Yeah, I got chicken. I'm 100% sure it was chicken, actually, now that I think about it. Or it might have been Ibis, I'm not sure. But they said it was chicken on the box, so. All right. Uh, good stuff. I reckon, I reckon that'll do. That's done. That's yeah. about two hours. We'll pull it up here, guys. Rob, stop buddy talking too much, mate. Maisie, stop talking too much. Yeah. She only got in right at the end, so. Oh, that's good. Good timing. Oh, what's good our question you. for the people for the people at the end? Oh. Um, who, who, yeah, I don't know. who is playing number six for Fiji? Who was it again? I don't remember. <laughs> wasn't it I wasn't listening. I don't listen. Nagama. Nagama. Yeah, no, I do. I did actually knew that. I was, just, I was messing with you boys. I'll give, right, you thanks very much. I'll give you my daughter. I'll give you my daughter. Yeah, as long as you're not from New Zealand, and we'll just we'll just trade uh, DoorDash vouchers like Bitcoin, and no one actually claims them, and they don't exist until eventually they're worth nothing because DoorDash collapses because nobody's cashing their vouchers. In. <laughs> All right, I reckon that'll do. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Appreciate you tuning in on your off week. Um, please don't message us with trade questions this week because we don't want to answer them. Just message us after TLT next week and we'll sort them out. Okay, guys. Ryan doesn't Ryan doesn't want to answer your Instagram DMs. He's been bad mouthing you all day. Oh, perfect. Great. Me too, yeah. actually. It's gonna be awesome. What are you what are you yeah. celebrating? I'm just no mate, I'm not celebrating anything. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna play a poker tournament at the casino in Brisbane this weekend. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah, Tiffany's away this weekend, so I'm going to run amok with aforementioned Tyson. Mm-hmm. Lovely. What about you, Rob? What are you doing this weekend, mate? He's, He's gone. gone. He's quit. He's left. He's upset. <laughs> I've upset him. No, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, we we no. actually have a new public holiday this weekend in New Zealand called Matariki, which we get, uh, which is the f- a Friday in, like, June or July. Mm. So we've got a short week. Um, but you guys are all down because all of you have got COVID now because you didn't get it for the last two years. No, we're we're all we're all you know we're all back in the office, mate. <laughs> oh, good. Don't worry about us. Don't worry about us. Oh, um, I'm not mad. I'm not worried. Uh, yeah, I didn't use but... the Warriors go over for like to Australia for like two years to avoid COVID and go back to New Zealand and then they get locked over there with COVID or something. That'd be so. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Nah, but you know, not up to much. But I get a long weekend, so lovely. Walk, right. walk, Maisie. So, you can, you can do that. Yeah. Mate, give her an extra walk. She's been good. She's been added some valuable contributions tonight. All right. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Love you.